Now then everybody and welcome to the Wedding Mavericks podcast, a podcast for wedding photographers and videographers and hybrid shooters who want to build successful and sustainable businesses. My name's Jules and I'm on my own today. I'm going to be going through all of the gear that I'll be using for the 2023 wedding season. Okay, so I'm going to be making this into a separate YouTube video as well, which is, is going to be kind of going through the equipment. So uh, it might sound a little bit odd sometimes from a podcast perspective, but I'm going to basically be talking through the equipment that I've got. If you want to watch the video, check out the YouTube channel, uh, Jules, photographer and filmmaker, uh, and you can see on there uh, what, what I'm talking about on the desk uh, and what I'll be putting in the bag at the end. Now, my aim is to have the simplest, most efficient but effective setup. I don't want to compromise on being able to deliver full ceremony and speeches uh, and the documentary video coverage um, when doing both photo and video. So although I don't want to have loads of equipment, I do need um, to have enough kit so that I can do the job the way that I want to do it at the quality and the standard I want to do it. Now you you do not need all of this kit that we're going to be discussing today to capture a wedding. Um, what you what you do need is is the bare minimum. You can photograph or film a wedding with a fraction of this stuff. Uh, but the idea is here, I'm covered for like a variety of situations, different eventualities, and I'm ready to go no matter what. I don't have to think about whether I took something out of my bag um, and it's not in there when I need it because I was shooting uh, just a photography job last week and now I'm shooting both, and I haven't got all the kit that I need. Um, But there will be some times, you know, there's a few weddings coming up now where I'm just doing video, and I will just have the video kit in there. But then when I start doing photo and video jobs, and I know I've got a few of those coming up, maybe mixed in with some just photo or just video jobs, I'll make sure I just take everything with me, so that the only thing I ever need to take out of my bag at the end of a wedding is the batteries to recharge them, the memory cards to download them, and then everything goes back in its place, and I know that it's there, and I know that all the accessories and stuff that I might need are there, so I don't need to worry about it. So let's go through all the gear that I'm using to shoot hybrid weddings in 2023. We're going to start with cameras. I'm not going to go into massive depths on each camera and why I use it. I'll just give a brief overview. Um, We'll start with this, the Sony A1. Um, Obviously, if you know what this camera is, it's an extremely uh, capable and um, expensive camera. Uh, And I've been shooting on this now for the last two years. Um, it's definitely my favourite camera, as you would expect, and it it basically allows me to shoot both photo and video. It's very the, the processor inside it is very quick. It responds quickly. the 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 memory in it, the buffer, it it gets rid of the data quickly. So. I don't. I don't. If I if I take a lot of frames, whether it's stills shooting on a high um, burst mode to to do confetti or something, or whether I'm doing video and then switching between photo and video, it is the fastest camera at doing that. Um, and it basically just gives you every functionality you can imagine. The autofocus is amazing. It can shoot up to 8K. It can shoot 100, 120 frames a second slow motion. You don't get crop or anything. It just is uh, an amazing camera, um, and 
other than the odd time it has kind of randomly turned wanted to turn off or turned off um which has only happened probably on two or three occasions over you know 50 plus weddings 60 plus weddings um but it's it other than that it's been um it's been solid um i'm at the moment i've got the uh tamron 35 to 150 lens on it now this lens i got last year i shot i shot a whole year worth of weddings on it it is amazing now don't get me wrong i know some people don't like zoom lenses they prefer to use primes um and and i've got primes and i I think there's definitely a, a good use for for primes but for the way i shoot doing photo and video I need to be able to get lots of different content quickly, lots of different angles quickly. Um, and I, I sometimes want to be able to do that from further away. Uh, this lens is a game changer. It really is. Um, it, you know, it, it's at 35, it's it's an F2, which actually gives you some really nice look, you know, as good as a prime would or, or some primes would. And then it, it even that at 150, it's it's only 2.8, and for me, that's good enough for most situations. It will take some at 150, the compression and everything that you're getting, it gives you some absolutely gorgeous looking portraits. Um, obviously, you don't have to shoot as as far as zoomed in as 150, but it, it basically for for a back angle um, in a ceremony, you can have it at 150 and it's close enough, so it's perfect. Um, and then you can use it for photo work and basically shoot pretty much all day on this. Um, so this this lens pretty much stays on this camera the whole time. Uh, I might do a bit more of a review about, about using this lens in um, in another video because it'd take me ages to go through it. But this to me is like the ultimate camera setup. Um, you know, you've got this amazing camera that you you can do everything on it. It shoots photo and video equally as good as anything else pretty much on the market. Um, yes, it can have a tendency to overheat in high frame rates if you're using it for quite a long period of time and you're hand-holding it. That's what I've found. Um, although I know it will do 4K, 25p for quite some time and, and I've got a video that uh, if I if I've put it up yet I will link it in here where I talk about how long the cameras will go for in terms of uh, continuous recording but it'll do a, it'll do an hour and a half continuous recording in most conditions no problem so basically this is just the ultimate beast and then what I've got on the bottom of my cameras all of them have got the same plate so they've got a 501 Manfrotto 501 style plate attached to them these are different sizes some of them are smaller because i've bought um aftermarket ones from small rig or another company like that uh, some of them are the manfrotto ones that are, are much longer and they're a video style uh, plate what i'll say is um this this plate the reason for me using it is because i do video as well as photo um I need something that will go on my tripod heads. And I've got the kind of Manfrotto video heads on my tripods, monopods, etc. And also, um, the the gimbal that I use, the Ronin-S, 
that has the same type of uh, quick release plate. So the idea being that these quick release plates, this style quick release plates, are on the bottom of all my cameras so that all of the cameras can be basically used to go on uh, one of the tripods. So I can put any of the cameras on any of the tripods or monopods on the gimbal, technically. And then I also attach these Peak Design Strap uh, anchors to the bottom and the sides of the cameras. So one on the plate, one on the side of the camera. And then I can attach the um, Peak Design slide straps, shoulder straps or harness straps to them. And then I can basically walk around with them on a strap, um, which is really convenient for like hand handheld video stuff and also doing the photography. Um, but then I can easily unclip them and just put them on top of a tripod or monopod for video shooting um, or on the gimbal. And it works amazingly well. This I've been using this sort of system for the last couple of years. Um, and even though I've looked at all the other types of harnesses and ways that you could carry your camera, I cannot imagine something that's as versatile uh, and effective as what I'm doing here. Some people might not like the idea of having two separate straps that you're kind of wearing across your body, um, but I don't have a problem with how that looks. It's very functional. If I want to carry with just one camera, I'm not worrying about a double harness being um, unevenly balanced. And for most of the time, I've got two cameras on and then I can take one off and put it on a tripod, no problem. I can even carry more than two cameras on those straps. I could put four cameras and carry four cameras around on a strap if I wanted, which is going to look a bit daft. But there are times where I just need to move quickly and I haven't got enough hands to carry all this stuff. Well, if they've all got straps on, because I've got four straps for all the cameras, then I can just sling them all over my shoulder and carry them really easily um, without having to worry about putting them all away in a bag or anything like that. Okay, the second camera is the a7 IV. Um, this has got the Sony G Master 16-35 lens on it. So that's a, a really super wide, well not super super wide, but a wide uh, zoom lens that goes into 35 um, so basically with this combination of cameras and lenses um, I've basically got all the way from 16 through to 150 mil covered um, and they're both you know they're they're 2.8 at the at the narrowest so you, at the widest sorry so you can basically cover the whole wedding day on that pretty much every situation you can think of and you've got it covered and that's why I like using that combination um, the a7 IV is perfect for it's it basically does nearly everything that the a1 does for less than half of the price um, but it isn't as good you know I've used the two cameras now for the last year together and I will always pick up the a1 I, I just prefer it everything just works better on it um, what I will say is is that the a7 IV is more than capable as a wedding photography or videography camera the only thing is that it crops in the thing that annoys me a bit when I'm doing video is it crops in at 60 frames a second quite a lot um, but other than that it's bang on and obviously if I'm doing wedding photography I'm going to use these two cameras because they're both excellent in terms of doing photo but they're also both 
um, good at doing hybrid. So that's like a typical setup if I was just doing photo, those two cameras. But obviously, I'm talking about hybrid, so I'm also going to want a more video-focused camera, which is why I've got the A7S III. The A7S III uh, is obviously more video focused but I have taken lots and lots of photos on this in weddings and other than if you were cropping in massively into the into the photo in post-production you will not notice a problem with the quality of the photos that come out of this I've printed them myself to be really big um, and I'm happy with the the quality and no clients have ever questioned the photos that they've been delivered from this camera um, so if you are using it for hybrid I think it's you can get away with it would I be taking the whole day's worth of photos and the portraits and things like that on it no but in a pinch if you ha- if you know if, if that's what you've got in your hand it will do the job but from a video perspective it's obviously amazing I won't go into it because it's been around for a few years this camera and there's lots and lots of reviews out there on it but it it basically is brilliant for long continuous shooting uh, it doesn't crop in it's got the uh, 100 120 frames a second shooting um and i i, I think it's an amazing camera sometimes i wish it was just it, i actually prefer using the a7s3 to the a74 i think it, it's it's a better camera and so i just wish that it had those more megapixels from a photo perspective but again if it if it did, maybe it would be the same as the A7 IV. Maybe that's the, the thing. It's because that one's got more megapixels. On this camera at the moment, I've got a 24mm G Master, so 1.4 lens prime, which is kind of what I typically use. I either use that or the 16 to 35 for gimbal work. Um, this this is typically what I will use for doing my gimbal stuff. That's why it's got the 24mm on at the moment. Um, but... It, it basically will be used as the main video camera. If I'm if I'm doing mainly video, it will be used as the main video camera and I will use this over the A1. The fourth camera I've got is the Sony FX30, which is the one that I'm filming on right now. Uh, on that at the moment, I'm using a 16mm lens, which is quite wide, but with the crop factors, probably somewhere in the region of around... 24 to 30 something mil uh, I'm not exactly sure it depends what you, you're filming it in uh, but it's wide enough for doing quite a lot of different things uh, but obviously that one has also got a fan it's more video focused and I've tested it so I know that the continuous run time is solid on that camera so that's kind of my main second angle for video so effectively I've got two video focused cameras in the a7s three and the FX30 and I've got two fo- photo focused cameras in the A1 and the A74. But to be fair, all four of them can be hybrid cameras if they need to be. In terms of additional lenses, I do have a 70 to 200 in the cupboard, which I'm not planning to use very much at the moment. It might be something that I sell. Occasionally, I will take it to a wedding if I feel like I need the extra reach that I'm not going to get from the 150. So if I'm doing photo and video and I feel like I need another longer lens, it will come with me. Um, But that will be by a case-by-case situation. I've then got the 85 G Master, which is a beautiful lens. It looks, the, the stuff that comes out of it looks amazing, but in terms of the focus speed and, and things like that, it's not brilliant. So I do use that more for video and then the occasional portraits. It'll basically be used usually on the A7S three, 
but occasionally the A1. And I will use that between the 24 and the 85 for different video shots, uh, depending on how I'm shooting. I've then got the Tamron 28 to 75, 2.8. That gets used mainly by my wife. She likes, prefers a zoom rate, zoom lens, and she prefers that kind of range. So she will use that usually on the A7 IV because that's her kind of preferred camera. And then I've got this uh, APS-C lens, which is a 18 to 105. So that will go on the FX30. And again, that's now why I don't really need the 70 to 200 because with this, I can get to, on the FX30, I can get to about 100 and, well, over 150, somewhere between 150 and 200 um, mil. And, and that will basically be really good for back of a church, trying to get nice and close to what's happening at the front of a ceremony. Okay, so I've got plenty of uh, spare batteries. The Sony FZ100 batteries, I've got 14 of them all together, which is typically, I have never had, had to use any more than that for doing both photo and video or just video. So there's plenty of batteries. I'd rather have more than I need and then they're all charged up, ready to go, rather than thinking I'm going to run out and I'm going to need to charge some extra. So that's why I, I kind of have that many batteries. There are the four peak design straps that I've already mentioned so I've got one for each camera that way it's easy to transport them and like I said they've all got the same uh, plates on the bottom and the peak design anchors so that we can attach them to the straps or the tripods. In terms of memory cards uh, they've all got the same memory cards and I use these integral uh, memory cards that are v60 so they will shoot most of the types of frame rate that that you can do in this camera um there's only like one or two of them i think the codex i, I think it won't it won't record to these you'd need a, a higher capacity but i i never use those anyway so i just have uh, two of these in each camera these are the 256 ones i do have um, a set of 128s in the a74 um, but i'll probably upgrade them at some point to, to the bigger ones and then i know i'm never going to run out of of memory at a wedding okay i've also got a sleeve with spare memory cards in just in case that i have to change any memory cards out for any reason and i've also got some in there that i can give to second shooters should i be shooting with somebody that, that's kind of independent from me so i can give them the cards and then i can just get them back off them at the end of the day Onto audio equipment now. So first of all, I'll go through these. I've got these little elastic mic sleeves and I've got these Velcro straps. These are great for all sorts of things, you know, situations, but typically you're going to use them for attaching one of my microphones, one of my audio recorders to a handheld microphone or something similar to that. So I always have those available. I've then got these little dead kittens that will go on the smaller audio recorders or lav mics. Uh, should we be recording outside and you want to reduce wind noise i've got this uh, kind of bigger dead cat that will go on top of this zoom recorder um, i have this zoom recorder it's a zoom h2n and basically this will be capturing either ambient audio or this is like my backup audio that I will put near to the ceremony or speeches that are happening and then I don't really use it um, but it's there in case I need um, kind of a backup because something else failed. I've got this Rode Video Micro uh, small shotgun mic. 
This one is good because it's smaller. I have got the VideoMic Pro Plus, but I don't really like to carry that around unless I'm going to be using it for maybe a commercial job or something like that, simply because it's quite big and it needs to be, it's got its own power. Whereas this one is powered from the camera, so you don't have to worry about the battery being charged uh, and it's a lot smaller. I don't really use shotgun mics very much, but this one's also got this um, dead cat that goes on and just goes on the front so if I've got a, an outdoor ceremony and I'm wanting to make sure I've definitely got backup backup audio um, or I'm wanting to just capture ambient stuff outside without the wind rustle this is really handy. I've then got the Sony TX650s um, these are perfect for just clipping on these are my microphone of choice for weddings because they're so easy to use and the compromise with the audio quality you know you could get something better but actually I think this is more than good enough for a wedding uh, and it's just so easy to use that I, I use those 90% of the time I have got four of them I used to have five one of them uh, stopped working so I, rather than replacing it uh, I got something slightly different that I'll go on to now this is the Sony TX800. This is very similar to the TX650 in how it works and what it does. But it's, as you can see, it's just a square version rather than it being a, a more longer pencil type uh, of, of audio recorder. Um, it works pretty much exactly the same and gives you exactly the same results. Uh, you could argue it's slightly better quality. Um, I, I can't really tell. But I, I like to use this because sometimes, especially for like women's dresses or something like that, um, or jackets and things like that that haven't got a pocket and you just need to be able to clip it onto the actual jacket itself, these are, are really good. The weight distribution's better in them. Uh, so I use these. And I had one of them. I've just bought a second one. Uh, and that's basically um, because I do find I use this quite often. And sometimes... There are a lot more occasions at the moment where it's been handier to have this than it has to have the Sony TX650. That's why I got another one. I've got two Tascam DR10Ls with lavalier microphones. These are really great for weddings, but I just tend to not use them. I got them quite a long time ago. I had Before you could get them in this country, I had to import them from America. Um, there are now better options probably out there in terms of quality for the same price. Um, something like the Zoom... Um, F2 or something like that um, but what I find is uh, these still do the job and they work great and if I do need something that's slightly higher quality or a slightly different type of attachment because the person that I'm micing up hasn't got a piece of clothing on that would work with the TX650 or 800 and you need that lavalier option then I've got these with me and I do use them for commercial work as well. Last thing on the audio is the Rode Wireless Go 2 kit um, I have this in there because I do use it for commercial work and also it does come in handy in very few situations for weddings. I think I'd use it more now because they've they've updated the firmware and the recording internally inside of these things is much better than it was before and it's much more user-friendly in terms of taking the files off the actual device rather than worrying about the wireless um, transmission and things like that. So for some situations this is great and I have it in my bag as an option because you never really know what you're going to face and sometimes this is the best way to go. Okay, so on to lighting. I tend to carry around a flash with me, especially if I'm doing photo and not just video. So I'm going to have uh, this Godox V8, uh, V863 uh, in my bag. I love this flash um, in terms of its usability. It's, it's, it's really easy to use and it's 
quite cost effective, especially if you're comparing it to like a Sony brand of of um, Speedlight. Uh, on top of it, I've got a, a MagMod thing so that I can put grids and stuff like that on top of it. Um, and here is the XT2 transmitter, which is great for if you're doing any off-camera flash stuff. I have these in my bag that I carry around with me just in case I ever need to like backlight something or have the light at a different angle and not be on camera. But typically I'm carrying this because I'm going to use it as an on-camera flash, either for a bounce flash or a direct flash on the dance floor or for some of those funky editorial type uh, shots that you're starting to see being more popular now. Okay, on to drone. So I've got the Mavic 2 Pro drone. Uh, I've had this for a few years, my trusty steed. Um, it doesn't get used for a lot of the wedding day, but I do usually get it up for some establishing shots and the occasional photo with a venue or group shot. Uh, I've got a spare battery for that uh, and the controller. So I carry them around with some spare propellers and they'll be also going in my main bag. I've then got the Ronin S gimbal. Um, I've had this now for about four years. I got it when it first came out. It's a great gimbal. There are a lot better ones now on the market that are lighter, more powerful, etc. But to be honest, it's not something that I, I use a hell of a lot. So until it breaks, I just thought, what's the point in replacing it? Um, this is, is usually something that I would have in the car and get it out for certain parts of the wedding. But my plan is this year to kind of have it strapped to my bag so that I can just keep everything with me. Um, and then if I need to use it, it's there uh, rather than me having to go back to the car and get it. Now, literally all of this stuff is going to be going in one bag, the bag that I'm going to carry around with me, which is heavy, yes, and it is a bit of an experiment because I've not done it like that before. I have had a different bag, which I didn't keep absolutely everything in. I just kind of got bits out through the day when I needed it. But I decided that I wanted to make things as simple as possible. And for most weddings, just be able to take one bag. So all of this will go in that one bag. And I'll show you that at the end of the video. Um, I do have some additional bags. I've got this little backpack here which at the moment has got the DJI Avata drone in. Uh, that's an FPV drone, which I want to incorporate. I want to try and, for some weddings, certain weddings, when it makes sense, I want to try and incorporate a little bit of FPV footage. So I've got that in there because I, I can't obviously fit all of this and another drone. Like, so I've got two drones in the main bag. I'm not going to use it at every wedding. So I've put this in a separate bag so I can carry that separately and use it just when I need because it's going to be like for special stuff. In this quite substantial roller bag, um, I've got all the additional lighting equipment that I need. So I couldn't carry all of the lights and other flashes that I might use on a wedding day in my main bag and nor would I want to because most of the wedding day I'm not going to use it. But when it gets to the night time and I'm going to be doing stuff on the dance floor potentially or some creative off-camera flash or lighting for video, then I've got a few different options in here so um, this will stay in the car the idea being I won't need it till the night and then I can just get it out to set up stuff at night I'm not really going to use it during the day for most most weddings in here I've got two Rotolite EOS's um, and I've got two Godox AD200's as well as a couple of additional speed lights so I've got plenty of lighting options in there I only would need to use them for you know, when it's dark or the dance floor. 
This is another roller bags, the same as the other one. This has basically got all of my live streaming equipment in there. So for live streaming, I'll have a couple of different options. I've got an A10 Mini Pro, which I can use. And I've also got Yolabox Pro, um, which as well as all the cables and everything that I'll need and power supply, I can carry this around so that I can do live streaming in lots of different situations. Obviously, if I'm not if I'm not hired to do live streaming, this stays at home, but I've got its own bag and it's ready to go because that way I, if I'm, if I'm doing live streaming, I can just bring this bag and know that everything's in there. I've got a bunch of different tripods, monopod light stands. I don't bring them necessarily to every single wedding. I know I'm going to use at least two tripods or a monopod if I'm doing video. So they usually come with me. I've then got stands for lights, should I need them, and also flashes for doing off-camera flash stuff. Uh, so they'll go in a different bag. And then this is the main bag. So this is the uh, Timber Axis uh, version 2 32 litre. It's huge. Um, it, it is a carry-on bag for, for aeroplanes and things, I believe. Uh, I will try, be trying that shortly and let you know. But essentially, I bought this bag because even though it's not as fancy looking as something like a Peak Design or something like that, I knew that I'd be able to get all of the stuff in here. It is quite heavy without anything in, but I, can, I guess that's the trade-off of being able to carry all this equipment um, without having to worry about having to go back to the car, back and forth for different things through the day. I know I can just... If I'm doing photo one video, I can just set everything up. It's all in this bag. And that's what I wanted. I wanted it to be efficient and I wanted it to be simple. There are occasions where I might not have to carry absolutely everything because if I'm, if I'm doing the wedding with my wife, she will have her um, kind of messenger style bag and she will carry some bits of this equipment probably a couple of the cameras um, so I won't have the entire weight the whole day and obviously if I am just doing photo or just doing video I might not take absolutely every single piece of equipment but the idea is is that there's a space for it in here so that I can carry everything okay so thanks for listening to the podcast and um, hopefully it's been useful to hear about the equipment that we've been using for this year um, and obviously i'll uh, let you know how it gets how we get on it's obviously quite a lot of weight in that bag um, but i'm hoping that it kind of makes sense because there's not i don't have to carry it around for long periods of time it's only short bursts so i should find it okay um, if it's been uh, interesting helpful uh, let me know if you've got any questions you can dm me on instagram and uh, catch you again in another one bye